All right, so quick editor's note, as you're about to hear, there was a lot of technical issues during the the recording of this episode, and I did my best with um, with cleaning it up, but um, unfortunately, I'm not a I'm not an audio engineer, so I don't you know I don't know the ins and outs of how to clean up audio properly, but I, I did the best I could with um, with uh, with what I with what I had. And uh, yeah, this is the end result, and I'm sorry for you know I'm sorry in advance for um, if if it sounds um, horrible on Cyrus's end, but his his internet was just not willing to cooperate during the entire thing, and it was it was a complete mess. But the episode was just too much fun that I was like, nah, I'm not I'm not been in this. I'm I'm gonna try to salvage this, and yeah. Hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Elgumra the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah and my guest today is Cyrus Rodis. Is that how you pronounce your last name? Yeah, you actually got it right on the first try. Right on the first try. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I hope I don't butcher it, but nope, got it right. Anyway, first question is the obvious one. How did you get started and what made you want to get into VO? Oh, well, you know, that it, it kind of happened, I would say, almost by chance. I used to work in retail for a while, and I would constantly hear, because my natural speaking voice, I constantly hear that I should be on the radio or do voiceover or anything like that. And at the time, I wasn't, you know, really pursuing it. It was it was a genuine interest, but I was going after film acting, but after a, a car accident, which prevented me from working at the job and standing up to do film acting, um, I decided to give it a shot. So I bought a mic, started recording out of my my closet, and then one thing led to another, and then voiceover became a profitable career for me. So it was basically like, hey, it was was either this or nothing, really, I guess. It was was more like a redirection. God threw me a curveball and said, hey, instead of film acting, you should try out this voiceover thing. Really? And yeah, it just worked out perfectly. And do you have any, you know, who who would you say are your main inspirations? Ooh, you know, I have so many. It's it's hard to, you know, put them all into a box because I love so many people's interpretations of voiceover, even a lot of colleagues that I have. Um, Mel Blanc is one of the obvious, super talented, uh, such a resume in voiceover. But I would say the person that was really the inkling to the whole voiceover scene for me was uh, John DiMaggio, uh, specifically from Gears of War. Oh, uh, I was—I thought you were about to say, oh, I know that voice, <laughs> because a lot of people, uh, his introduction to voiceover was that documentary. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, it's... Uh... Yeah, I actually have the documentary. It's one of my favorite documentaries. I'll watch it on the road whenever I'm driving to another job every now and then. And he's also, because I know a lot of people I've talked to who are like, you know, I, I didn't know what voiceover is, and that was kind of my gateway into it, and yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, you know, I, I keep forgetting, oh yeah, he was also Marcus Phoenix in in, in the Gears of War series. Yeah, and the, the Scottish swordsman from uh, Samurai Jack. Yeah, a very, very talented, uh, very talented guy. It's funny you say DiMaggio because he is um, more known for... 
two things uh, bender and um jake the dog from uh, adventure time and those are like very two different um different characters and if you if you're if you're someone who is not familiar with his work and you listen to those two characters you would you would be like no way that's the same guy no way (laughs) (laughs) the dude is like multi-talented in voicing so many different characters like if you just watch futurama for like 10 episodes he's like in every single one as a different person like constantly he's his range is outrageous, and he's definitely somebody I would aspire to work with one day. And Adventure Time, it's so funny because I just got done rewatching the whole series again uh, for Distant Lands, and he still got it in Distant Lands. And uh, what, do you, what is it that you love and hate about what you do? Ooh, love and hate. You know, I was pondering this the other day. Um, I love just the overall getting to go into the booth and release all this creative energy in any project that uh, I involve myself in. Um, Especially when you get to meet like the directors and the uh, engineers and the writers for certain things. And, you know, whenever you're given that freedom, they go, say, go crazy, uh, which is, you know, something that's happened recently for a couple other projects. You go nuts and you get to have fun. And that's really like the one of the reasons why I love doing it. Um, and especially for voicing video games, I love playing those games and then hearing myself, you know, through all that hard work, um, or, or work in general <laughs> and just, you know, seeing myself on the screen, you know, I'm a huge video game lover and it's nice to be associated with a hobby of mine that I love. Um, really, the, I can't think of too many things I hate. To be honest, um, there are things back and forth. I mean, of course, the logistics and the the bureaucracy of being a voiceover talent and doing your own bookkeeping and owning a business and all this junk and the communication, that's about it. Um, but, yeah, I don't really have too many hates. Maybe minor annoyances, but not hates. I mean, I I would imagine um, when you're doing anime, I would imagine you would have a problem with being paid better because I think it's it's about high time with with anime being what it is now. It's kind of kind of amazes me that that uh, a- that English dub actors are getting paid like next to nothing for these things. Oh yeah, no, I I, I completely forgot about that. That was a that was a whole point of contention for a while on Twitter. That I was reading about that. Um, there are. A lot of different productions that I have seen. Not that I could say I've been a part of because I've been fortunate to work with uh, high-paying jobs for for anime. But for some of the things that I see out there for certain production companies, I've seen them pay little to dirt on on like Walla jobs, which a lot of Walla, if you're uh, familiar with that work, if you're doing the background for like screaming citizens or anything like that, that can still take a lot out of you. So when you're getting paid like $5 or something like that, you, you definitely got to know your worth um, and try and argue a higher price. Or they should just already move up the price and pay some of these actors more for, you know, especially anime. There's a lot of screaming and a lot of yelling and a lot of effort. So um, that could be damaging. They should be paid for it better. And out of all the characters you've played, which would you say was the toughest? 
Hmm. You know, every every character I voice always has some kind of new challenge to it. Um, you know, Dr. Bigfoot from Epithet Erased, he's very loud and he's very Scottish and he's screaming a lot. So that can be difficult. Um, but I had more fun with that one. To be honest, and it's kind of funny if, if people are familiar with this work, uh, Nexus Mods did a well-known mod for Fallout called Sim Settlements. And uh, I have the... I had the privilege of working with so many great voice actors in that one. Um, but I voiced this character called the Ron in there. And he has like this catchphrase and he screams a lot. He's very boisterous. Like, Oh yeah, I'm the Ron baby. It's, uh, uh what, what's that one actor's name? I, I forgot. He was a comedian a long time ago, but, um, it, it has kind of like this, uh, uh, energy to him and because it's a fallout mod and the, technically a fallout game that was recognized by uh bethesda there is so much voicing that goes into making a fallout game like i had no idea and it's very close to how bethesda does it so you're recording hundreds of lines and efforts and three takes each and doing that constantly and it can get hard keeping up with that voice so the character itself, I like breaking him out, but the actual process of recording him, it can get so tiring so fast. And what's your, what's, uh, your uh, character breakdown process? Hmm. Well, character breakdown process, it can be, I love seeing an image of a character. I love getting an idea of how the character looks because, you know, in, in John, uh, from I Know That Voice, he breaks it down almost perfectly, which is how I kind of got an idea of how to break down the voice. And uh, through Nancy Cartwright as well. But seeing that image and then knowing like, oh, they look like this, they're very large, tall, you know, fat, skinny. Um, you know, they got tusks, they got fangs, they got no teeth. You know, I'll look at a character like that and kind of base an opinion like, oh, maybe he sounds like this. So it can go from like, I don't know if he's tall, fat, he's got, you know, tusks sticking out to the top of his eyes. And it'll be like, you know, very, you know, deep voice kind of dumb guy. Whereas in, there's a skinny dude with a backwards cap and an Adam's apple. He looks kind of dumb. I'll probably give him like a skater kind of look to him or something. And so that's that's kind of the breakdown I go through is going through like this. Um I would say like this Excel document in my brain of people I've talked to and voices I've heard before and, uh, you know, characters I've seen on TV and just mashing them all together to create, you know, a new character. Bad impressions help as well. And uh, does it feel weird listening to yourself in shows and video games? Yes, that's why I don't do it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's difficult. It's it's sometimes weird, uh, especially if your family wants to watch something you've been in and they have a watch party and it's like, ah, I really don't want to be here. <laughs> I just want to play on my phone. But um, yeah, that happened recently with a movie I dubbed for uh, called Raging Fire and uh, it was a big family thing and they watched it. And I was like, ah, I'm hiding in my shirt. That's me. 
I was about to say, uh, oh God, I hope uh, none of your family members have had uh, watch parties for like any of the anime shows you worked on because that would be that would be. Oh weird. no, they, I'm so fortunate, so fortunate they don't watch anime too much because they're like, oh, what is the cartoons you're in? I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. There's there's some weird ones. <laughs> Oh God! Because I, I just I I I just have this picture in my mind of like them watching Tribe Nine, and it's like, what is this? <laughs> I voiced. Uh, well, I can't say I voiced for that one just yet. That that one has been announced, but there is another one like a uh, Titan's Bride, um, that I do some voiceover for. And if you're familiar with Titan's Bride, it's a uh, anime where. Somebody gets transported to like another dimension where there are titans, like huge, huge people. Um, and I think it's like a soft core manga in a way, um, at least the way it's been described to me. I saw bits and pieces of it, but that is something if they saw that and they started watching it, they'd be so confused. I'd have to explain so much. <laughs> Oh yeah, because that's um, first of all, <laughs> they would have to go to some weird websites to try to track that down. <laughs> yeah, don't go, don't go through the history. Just trust me. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, because um, I I saw someone on Twitter post that they worked on that. I'm like, what is this? And I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm gonna be on a search list or something. <laughs> You're going to start getting Facebook ads for, for stuff that you rarely look at. It's like, no, quit popping up here. I mean, but but that goes up to my next question. It's like, do you do you play or watch any of the shows and games you've worked on? Very. I play more of the games I work on than I watch on the shows. Um, I, I, I say this in a lot of different interviews. I don't have any, like dislike for any projects I've worked on because people assume that when you voice for something you watch it immediately and then people ask you like do you did you like this part or whatever and like I said it's not that I don't like the properties or anything I actually love a lot of the shows I've been on it's just there's a performance anxiety whenever you watch and hear yourself and especially when other people watch and hear you while you're in the room and um it, it's very rarely or I wouldn't say rarely. There are certain shows I'll just like pick out and be like, I definitely want to watch this one because I want to see the actual show itself. Um, but if I voice for a project and I had no previous intention to watch it before, I, I won't go out of my way to watch it entirely just because I don't want to be put in that uncomfortable position of hearing myself perform, you know, emotions <laughs> that I put in there. Or I dug up to put in in the show. Yeah, I would imagine it's it's very stressful for an actor because you're constantly thinking like, oh man, you know, I should have said this differently. They should they should have went with that take or this take or or sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes like I, I've had people tell me like they can't watch anything because they can't suspend their disbelief because all they hear is like the people that they work with. It's like, oh, that's John. That's that's Billy West. That's whoever. Like I can't, I can't listen to it for more than like two or three seconds because the the illusion, <laughs> oh, the illusion isn't there for me anymore. And I'm like, that's pretty understandable. That's that's so true though. Like that, that's actually pretty well put in a way. It's that a lot of the projects I've voiced with colleagues, 
And it's like, I, I saw them do that. Like, I can't separate it sometimes. It's cool to call out, especially if, like, your friends ask about it. But it's, like, once you're watching it, it's like, oh, I really love what they did. I remember when they did that. And, you know, I, I don't know. They, it's a weird mind space I get put in a lot whenever I watch or attempt to watch things that I've been in. Uh, the main thing, like I said, is just performance anxiety. Um I love killing it in the booth, but then seeing the aftermath, I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't watch it. It's like, I'll just show up for the rap party. That's it. You know, I'm not going to be doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what was the best and worst advice you've ever gotten as an actor? Ooh, mm, 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 mm. you know, this is another one I was thinking about because I, I definitely gotten a lot of advice uh, over the years of doing voiceover. And, you know, the only one that ever stood out to me was um, it was two conflicting pieces of advice. And the main thing is what it was, was audition for everything. Um, and this was mainly passed off to me when I was a film actor. Um, but when I started doing voiceover, they still kind of kept the same thing, like continue to voice for everything. Voice for every audition you get. Voice for every character that you get. And there's something that happens along the way of your career whenever you're, you know, when you consistently audition. One, if you voice for everything, uh, it's very time consuming. Um, you know, there's probably about like 10, 15 minutes that go into doing an audition sometimes, like reading over, maybe even less. Um, but if you get like an entire video game thing with like 15, 40 characters and like, 30 of them are male. I, you can't audition for all of them. Um, so I guess, I don't want to say it's the worst, but definitely the best was know your archetype and uh, and leave your ego out of the booth. Um, you know, know what your voice is, know what your moneymaker is, and definitely know what your limits are. Don't kill yourself trying to make a character if it just does not fit you. Um that's why I don't voice a lot of teenagers. I don't sound like a teenager. I sound like a 60-year-old, seven-foot man. Like, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, that's probably one of the best. The worst, it, it would probably have to be, like, audition for everything. Just know your limits and, and be happy with what you have. Yeah, no, I totally agree because I've, again, I've had people come in and say, like, they, you know, went into – you know they pushed they ended up pushing themselves way too hard for certain roles and they listen back to it and i'm like and they're like oh god this is awful what was i thinking like know your limits don't don't go in there and you know scream your 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 brains out <laughs> for something and then because sometimes more often than not then it's gonna it's gonna end up being terrible and 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 sometimes you have to wonder like do you does this role require me to push myself to the absolute limit? If yes, I'm going to try to do it in a healthy way that doesn't damage my vocal cords. And if not, then it's not worth it. Exactly. Exactly. In, in that sense. Um, you know, cause I, I remember early on in my voiceover career, I was so, I wouldn't say like obsessed, but I was so determined to voice so many things that I would try new things, but I would never like, I, I never really worked on them. I would just try them. 
And then whenever it came down to like voicing it in the booth or doing anything like that, like for small time projects, I would realize like, wow, I really pushed myself for this audition. It is so hard to keep up with this character um, now that I'm like in the thick of it. And then if you ever get in that mental space where you realize that uh, you can get discouraged and then it ruins the performance. You're no longer thinking about the performance. You're just worried about making sure the voice sounds like what you auditioned. And you should never do that. Um, you know, that, that's why I said just be comfortable with what you are. That way, when it comes time to killing it in the booth, you can just let go and have fun and scream and yell or whisper or whatever they ask for you, um, you know, in, in that sense. And if you could voice any existing character from any established franchise, who would it be and why? Marcus Phoenix, I'm coming for you, John DiMaggio. Uh, you know, that's... <laughs> Uh, I don't know about established characters. Um, I was thinking about that as well. And there are so many characters where I'm like, I would love to voice him, but I cannot imagine my voice as that character sometimes. Um, if I could, oh man, just if, if I could, probably somewhere from Gears of War, um, like I said, because uh, I was a huge fan. It's just something nice to be a part of that lexicon. Um, or perhaps, yeah, uh, probably someone like Avatar or maybe even a Legend of Zelda game. Um, there were just too many characters I could not imagine myself voicing uh, off the bat. But if I had to choose one, uh, what's his name? The The... the the redneck guy, the western guy from Gears of War. Uh, I forgot his name. Dizzy. But he talks like, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dizzy, we gotta go. Ah, whatever you say, Marcus, we'll get there anytime. Like, he has like this such, gr like, gravitas to his voice, you know? I, I love him, and I love him as a character. Oh, God, I remember playing that uh, Gears of War 2 uh, when I was, like, 19, and just listening to that, I'm like, God, <laughs> that's so amazing. He's just such a character, like listening to him, like yell on a battlefield, like, well, my family got conscripted and then, you know, or like my family got left behind and then I, Pappy got conscripted. And I was like, this is such an out of place character for this world. And I can't get enough of him. I would always play him during the versus matches if I could. And it's just, it's just so funny because I remember his name because you never forget any of the characters' names in Gears of War because they are constantly screaming their names at each other. It's like, how do you forget a character's name because they're constantly screaming at each other? Yeah, you listen to like on a stereo TV or headsets, and it's just like Dizzy Bird, Bird, Cole, Marcus, like just constantly go to point A to point B. Just, I love war games like that too. <laughs> I'd imagine like some of the bad guys would have been fun to voice in that game. Like the, the, I don't remember what they were called. The grubs, the they they were they had cool designs. The locusts, the grubs, which are also, I believe, voiced by Fred Tanniscore, um, who voices Baird in Gears of War. Oh yeah, I've met 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 that guy. Very uh, sweet, sweet man, very sweetheart. Um, and um, out of all the voice actors you've worked with, who would you say was the most fun to be around? Hmm. I, I'm going to say this out of a, 
Because he's technically a voice actor, but he hasn't done it in a bit. I would say Joel McDonald uh, from Gearbox. Um, I've worked with him, I believe, two or three times now uh, for the Gearbox folks. And he is off the wall. Like, he knows exactly what he wants and knows how to tell you to have fun. And when we voiced for... I worked with him when we voiced the initial trailer for uh, Godfall back in 2017, I believe. And um, I worked with him again for Tiny Tina's Wonderland. And he just pops up and he's just like, hey, we got a great new character uh, for you. And you're going to kill it in the booth. And really, I don't know what the fuck I want. So just do it your way. And then he'll just tell you the way he wants it. And it's, it's always fun. It's always energetic. He knows how to keep the flow going. And it's honestly just such a blast. Um, and then just seeing him like do reads or just perform in general. He, he's a really fun dude. And I love talking to him. He, he's cool. I guess I've uh, watched, a, 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 I think, I, a, was it a Twitch stream or something that he did where he was talking about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands and the joy in his voice was just, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, you can tell he had so he much fun. He was so... So much fun working on that. Oh, yeah, he really did. And he, he worked with so many people, especially like Andy Samberg, Wanda Sykes, uh you know, uh, Pat, not Patrick Wilson. Oh my God. How did I forget his name? He's also one of the, one of my favorite voice actors. Yeah, Will Arnett. Uh, Will Arnett. Why did I say Patrick Wilson? I guess they kind of look alike to me. <laughs> um, but like getting to hear their voices before the conception of the actual game being released as like a trailer. It was, I mean, that alone was like an honor for me. Uh, to know that I was going to be a part of that project. Um, and Joel was just like, isn't that awesome? We get to work with these guys. They're fucking cool. The whole Hot Rod crew. Like, uh, that, That's pretty cool that I actually got to direct them on that. that I, I would, oh, that, that's pretty cool. Like, because I would imagine, I thought that they would have probably different people for the, for the LA celebrities and the, um, in the uh, Texas crowd, but I guess he got to work with everybody, and that's pretty cool. That's what I thought. But uh, so they had an, a they had a Joel was a director, and then there was a I forgot her name, but she was also a director as well. Um, but they said they got to remote work with them out in LA, and they were they were very ecstatic to do the job. Um, so he, he said it was an incredible experience, and I really wish it, it would have been like one of those experiences where I got to meet them. Um, but of course the rap party was like in Dallas and they were in LA. So there was no way, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you'll, you'll get like the local people there, but like, you know, maybe you'll see a celebrity. Maybe, you know, we, we, we can't promise that. <laughs> you know, like looking around, pushing people aside, like the engineers and the graphic designers like, shut up. I just want to meet the actors. Where are they? <laughs> I was told Will Arnett would, was going to be here, but he is not, and I am disappointed, sir. Yeah, I'm like looking in the corner. There's only his cutout. I'm just like, oh man, take a photo with with Will Arnett's cutout at the corner of the beer stand in a taco place. Was there a rap party for Tiny Tina, or was it just um, 
I, I don't know. Was there? The, I wouldn't say a rap party. It was more of a launch party when it became more public. Um, but there was... So everybody who was associated with the game uh, in its making, including the actors, uh, they threw a, a, launch, a launch party event, but they put us in a VIP area. And um, that VIP area was, like, sectioned off from the public. And um, we all got to mingle. It was an open bar. We were just going around having drinks. And, you know, it was all-you-can-eat tacos, which is the best fucking thing in the world. And they had, like, a lot of performances. And a lot of it was just mingling and having fun. And uh, Cage the Elephant was there. Um, and that was just, like... <sighs> Because I love Cage the Elephant. So seeing them live, too, was also a massive treat uh, for the whole party. Was there, um, did, you get, did you get the chance to meet any of your fellow cast members there? You know what's funny? I, I barely got to do that because it was so dark. And I, like, it was just so dark and it was impossible to see anybody. So all the actors that were looking for each other, or if they were looking for each other, they, we just couldn't see each other. Um, and I know a couple of colleagues who I actually know I've worked with on previous projects. Some of them were like, yeah, I was there for like five minutes and I left. Or like, whatever. <laughs> and uh, the others were just like tucked away in a corner, just having drinks and, you know, just chilling out. Um, so unfortunately, I didn't get to meet the cast directly. I just got to hang out with the, the with the people who worked, you know, uh, coding the game and whatnot. And have you played the game, or have you gotten the chance to to not to not do that? Oh yeah, I played it. Two um, K was very very nice. They all sent us free copies uh, for Tiny Tina's, so they sent us a free copy, and I played it for like. A week straight, if I remember. I was like such in the hype of playing it. Um, but then, of course, another project came up. I was gone for like a couple of weeks. And then uh, I stopped playing it for a while because <laughs> of work. Uh, so how, it's, uh, that goes up to my, my uh, another question I have is that how do you balance your work and, and personal life? Uh, you know, for a while, it used to be just hectic. It would be, I wouldn't set a lot of boundaries for myself. It, like if somebody would email me at night or something, I'd be like, oh, I got to go get this audition done. Or in the middle of something like dinner or whatnot. I was so, it, for like early years, I would do that. Um, but the way I balance it now is I set a time schedule, like a job. I'll wake up in the morning, uh, you know, you know, go to the gym. I'll make sure I exercise because I have to exercise every morning. And then I'll work from like nine to six or nine to five or, you know, nine to seven if push comes to shove. And I make sure that the later part of the day, I have time for myself. Um, and I also don't work weekends. I try not to work weekends because the weekends are where I've rest my voice. And also the days where I reserve for family and friends. And I tell this to all my clients, um, you know, it's like, hey, unless it's a rush job and you're paying for a rush job uh, or it's very important to me, then I will do it on the weekends. But otherwise, I need that time to rest and I need that time to, you know, get away from the voiceover life um, and just enjoy my hobbies. You know, that way I can get back into that mental space next week.
for the following week. And what are your hobbies? Uh, a lot. Uh, I love uh, working out and bodybuilding is definitely one of my top hobbies. I, If I can, I try and put at least, I don't know, two, two three hours. I would say one and a half, three hours in the gym. And then um, cinematography, sound design. I record my own things. I publish my own things. Um, and I'm drifting closer to actual filmmaking uh, these days um, to do the sound design for it as well. Foley work. Um, video games, as we mentioned. Uh, a lot of outdoor activities. And uh, art. Anything art-related. Uh, painting. I love oil painting. I love 3D modeling. Um, oh, and how could I forget? D&D. Dungeons and Dragons. I have to play Dungeons and Dragons at least once a month or I'll explode. <laughs> what was the longest campaign you've been a part of? Oh, man. I don't want to fucking talk about it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, um, I think right now we're still going on the same campaign, but every time we play, it lasts like a, like a full-time job. I'm talking about like the longest I think we went was like from 8 or 7 in the evening to like 3 a.m. in the morning. Um, and that's like two days straight. And we'll like go to sleep, wake up, and then do the same thing the next day for the weekend. And it's, I love doing it, but man, do I get tired doing it. How are you not dead? <laughs> Through the power of necromancy, I just roll and see if I survive the whole thing. <laughs> God, I can't imagine doing that because, like, I because uh, I've just been trying to get into D and D, but a lot of people tell me, like, you know, hey, if you if you want to do a campaign, please don't. Um, make sure it's a short one because these things last <laughs> way too long. Oh yeah, just honestly, one offs are a blessing if you're busy as shit and you're not able to do these massive campaigns. Just write a short story have it worth two days and then go awesome. I'll see you guys in like two months or something or next month. You know, there are people who straight up dedicate every week and every day that I know personally, and I have no idea how they're alive. If you thought I was bad, there's, there's some, some of my friends are worse at it. Cause I, I saw something on Twitter where someone posted, you know, you playing T and D and I'm like, well, I mean, at least he's having fun. <laughs> 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 he looks, looks pissed, but he's having fun, I guess. <laughs> That's a part of the fun. You get in the character and you get mad, and then afterwards you could stay mad or say he was in character, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I, well, I, I didn't mean to call you all those things. I was just in character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Zeno said that. That wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I. I think one of my favorite things um, is like listening to Twitter spaces. I don't know if you've ever been on Twitter spaces, but one time someone pissed Zeno off so much that he started yelling. <laughs> just like hearing that man <laughs> yell and scream was just so, so fucking hilarious. Some people get like take it straight to heart, like method actors. They They get so wrapped up into it. And then at the end, it's just like surprising. It's like you really don't know that they they took it to heart, or they were just fully in character. But I am fully terrified of them at that point. 
because you know Zeno Robinson, you know, has that has that voice where you know he has that like very high pitched voice, and it's kind of it's so comical listening to him look angry. Like, <laughs> it just sounds like a teenager screaming at you for getting their order wrong at McDonald's. It's so ridiculous, I swear, and I love it. I love the rage that comes with these games. Also, Ten Candles. If you if you haven't played that one, that's like D and D, except it's a horror game version of uh, how it's played. Highly recommended. We've been playing that a lot recently as well. Oh, so it's not just D&D. That's pretty cool. So you, you find um, variety is the spice of life is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's a, it's weird. It's still like a dice rolling game, but uh, you create a story and it's played like D&D, except in the end, everyone dies. That's that's how the game is played. Now that's pretty cool. So you don't have to worry about creating a character and getting too attached to your stats. No, no, no stats. It's... Essentially, you play with, I, I think, however, like up to four people or three people, I don't know. Um, and then you you write these things down on a card and you have a bowl in front of you. And um, that's like the burning bowl. You actually burn these cards if you need to, to survive. Um, and then you just create a character on a spot. Like, oh, my guy's, you know, my guy's name's Tim and he's an engineer who works for NASA. And he's trying to figure out what's going on at the base, like that kind of thing. And you're playing character the whole time. You know, you don't no stats, just role play. Uh, okay, that, that sounds pretty cool. Anyway, I, we got to wrap this up because I know that you know you you're a very busy person. I don't want to keep you longer than I have to. But uh, before we wrap, oh, I this, can, I... no, what what was... <laughs> what are you gonna okay. say? There's a, there's late. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say I can uh, because of the delay and everything. I don't mind pushing it to one. If that's fine with you. Oh, okay, cool. Uh... <laughs> Get a little conversation. You're not running there. this interview, motherfucker. I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, I go, go ahead because I because I just I just went through all my questions. So I'm just wondering, like you know, if there's anything else when you want to talk about, go ahead. Like you know, <laughs> I want to get to the human aspect of the of this interview. Get to know you. You know, what are your favorite foods and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but but um, how how have you been holding up during the the past uh, two years of hell that we've been in? I'm trying to lick every window so I can get COVID and get this over with. Actually, you know, I've been, <laughs> I've been just kind of vibing through it. I got the doses and the vaccines, and um, you know, there was a hiatus. Voiceover was prospering for a while, but I got back into film work and that's where it got a little bit more difficult to keep up with. Um, you know, we filmed an Amazon show and I shot for two movies and currently I'm working with, uh, CW because I work on the set of Walker, which is, um, the reboot of the old show Walker, Texas Ranger, but with Jared Padalecki this time. And, um, you know, it's, it's a hell because for a while there wasn't any COVID tests, but then they had to like start doing them. They got really bad, um, you know. So a, a lot of my professional life is just pretty much like either staying indoors and voicing, or having to go through the loops and you know wear a mask, ruin, buy face cream cream so I don't get acne and whatnot. You know. <laughs> but how about yourself? How was how have you been holding up? I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, if you've listened to this podcast, like, I just love how 
I've gone through, you know, 2020 where I was just like broken and just being like, oh, whatever. I don't, I don't care anymore. <laughs> this is, <laughs> I want this nightmare to end to 2021 where I felt more confident and, um, in um in in what I do in in the podcast and 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 I felt like you know the impo- I just felt like you know what, fuck the imposter syndrome. Let's just try to you know do do the best I can with what with the material I'm given. And you know if if people want to come on, fine. And if people don't, then whatever. It doesn't matter. And to, in this you know this year, I'm just being like you know what. I just want to live my best life and focus on just improving, you know, improving as a person, improving the podcast, you know, just making connections, trying to, you know, not, uh, not, not, um, you know, I was about to say like any, any day that I don't, um, think about, uh, terrible thoughts is a good day for me, but, uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know anymore. <laughs> you know, I, it's, I, I back you up there. I know exactly where you're coming from, the whole imposter syndrome and everything like that. Hey, you got a good thing going on. Um, you said if I listen to you, yeah, I've, I've listened to your podcast, and especially when you sent it to me. I went out there and I listened to a couple, and one of the main ones I did listen to was uh, uh, Shar Kirby. Um, oh, the and, let's uh, oh the let's alienate our audience episode. She's she's a she's a doll. I love her. I love her to death. Um, I was so angry in that episode. Holy shit! <laughs> you, you you got you got strong with it, but I love them because a lot of it, you know, you're running it like a like a show of conversation, and I feel like a lot of podcasts need to do that a lot more. It's um, that's what I like about your podcast. It's not just an interview. It's it's really just a conversation, getting to know more about the person and knowing their thoughts um, throughout. So hey. If you feel like an imposter, unless you're not Abdullah and you stole somebody's identity, I think you're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just like not, you know, I don't get starstruck anymore. Like, you know, it's just like, yeah, whatever. You know, they're just people. And, you know, the because when I first started out doing it, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm talking to so-and-so. But now it's like, yeah, um, what time are you going to be doing this? Okay, yeah, you know, do you need the questions ahead of time? Blah, blah, blah. And just... It just it just becomes second nature to me. It's like whatever. I I don't get starstruck anymore. I just really don't. That's that's the best. That's the best thing I think about reaching out is that you can't. I feel like you can get a little bit starstruck, but you you definitely got down the idea that a lot of us are just people, and we're never offended. We're never offended if somebody reaches out, unless you know, uh, I'm a douche, but. Otherwise, I mean, like people reach out to me and they say, like, hey, do you want to come on or anything? And it's either I'm too busy uh, or if I don't reply, I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm at work. But, you know, if you talk to us like a person like you did whenever you you cold emailed me, I was like, oh, this person seems cool. Let me listen to his podcast and make sure he's not yelling rhetoric that I don't agree with. And then <laughs> I'll email him back. And I did a couple a uh, couple days later. Yeah, no, thank you so much for, for taking the time up to um, actually listen, because I know a lot of people come on here and they don't know <laughs> what my style is, and it becomes really awkward, and I'm just like, oh boy. <laughs> oh, embrace it, embrace it, take advantage of those awkward moments, and just <laughs> just uh, break them or question, no, don't break them, but you know what I mean. 
Yeah, no, um, I just, I don't know. I, I just feel like, but but my point is, I at this point in time, like as of this recording, I feel like I'm more confident than I was, you know, two two or three years ago. Because two or three years ago, I was just like, I don't know if how long I can keep this going. But now I just feel very confident enough in that the no's don't bother me anymore. Like I've gotten so many no's at this point, it's like, well, okay. You know, you say no, I'll try, I'll find someone who says yes. Like it's not, you know, it doesn't bother me anymore. And I, and I don't have there to worry go. about, and I don't have to worry about being that guy who talks to, to friends in the industry and being like, you know, can you talk to so-and-so and see if they want to come on the podcast? Cause I'm like, I don't want to, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that guy who's like, Hey, you know, I know you're busy with work, but I really want to have your friend on. And I, <laughs> it's just like, ew. <laughs> No, it's you're going about it the right way. And that's that's actually happened to me a couple times where I won't say that exact situation, but there have been times where people have tried to reach me and they either use another email or another social media to reach me under a different name. And who boy, like that starts getting a little bit personal, a little bit like I found I saw people find my personal social like media accounts uh, and then message me through that. I'm just like, Hey, I'm either busy. I will email you back. But like, I don't know if it just says hi in the email, then I'm going to be looking out my window and not replying to you. Like I need more details. <laughs> I'm outside your house. <laughs> Please stop. I don't want to do an interview. I got too much shit to do right now. Please stop berating me on Instagram. Um, oh God, I used to, I used to do that where it's like, I couldn't reach out to someone and I just would cold email them, uh, not cold email them, like just slide in their DMS as the kids say. And I just, I felt really embarrassed for doing that. Cause I'm like, that's really gross and unprofessional. And I do not, <laughs> I do not want to be that person anymore. <laughs> well, you learn from it. You'd be surprised how many people never learn from it. And it's, it goes on forever forever so at least you learn from it because you know? i i i always try to be professional i'm like well, i just you know try to contact someone via email or try to contact the representative because like that's how you do it right you know you don't go be like you know you know you're not gonna slide into someone's dms and be like hey i do a podcast would you like to be on podcast and they're like what <laughs> make it really sketchy as you format it it looks like just a spam email Trying to get you to click here if you want to be on podcast, please. I need your uh, social ID, your credit card number, <laughs> yeah, just, just to make sure we're just to make sure I'm talking to the right guy. Right? <laughs> and I actually I did have someone who said like they they were weirded out by my email because they thought it was spam and they checked it and it's like no, it's not spam. <laughs> I'm like, oh okay. <laughs> It's, it's sometimes weird, you know, I, I think your email's fine. <laughs> but I, some people, I they will like, look at that. I mean, cause I had to word it out in a professional manner. I can't be like, Hey, I do a fucking podcast. You want to be on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you're learning how to take notes and you got an accent with you. You're on your way to becoming a voice actor kid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he's Southern, but there you go. Is this your alter personality? Are you Moon Knight? 
anyway, um, I guess, I guess it's almost time that we got to get now. We now we can wrap this up. <laughs> That's a good stopping point, I think. <laughs> just, t- just talk about your split personality syndrome for a moment. <laughs> All right, I got to go. The meds are, are starting to wear off. <laughs> Someone hasn't been taking the blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> what is what is the show anymore? the fuck is this show anymore i don't even know (laughs) hello governor man (laughs) i love how the best episodes are always the ones that start like a regular interview and then it just devolves into fucking nonsense (laughs) oh if i if i had more time if i had another hour <laughs> we would have gone down the rabbit hole and just bullshitting for a while. Oh, this uh, you you say that like this is like a one-off, but sir, you are coming back for another one of these cuz this is oh, d- Did you get my address? <laughs> Do you have a van coming outside my house right now? <laughs> You're coming back whether you like it or not. <laughs> uh, anyway, um uh can you give us an update on what you're currently working on and where can people find you online? Uh, let's see. Oh, wow. I saw like a bird outside and I completely got sidetracked. That's, that's time for me. Uh, let's see. What am I currently working on? Um, there are two things that are coming out, which I cannot say, uh, which really sucks. <laughs> uh, there are two, one of them's a triple A coming out, uh, sometime in the summer. And another one is going to be for a big franchise. So I'm really excited to announce that one. Uh, currently, I am working on a audiobook, uh, which I literally just got booked for two days ago. So, <laughs> uh, working on that. And I do YouTube. So, barely. I do YouTube every now and then. So, if you guys want to see dumb videos, I don't know. I bullshit Let's Plays and I do dumb skits every now and then. That's at youtube.com slash. I don't have the link yet, but just look up. Sci Guy Show, C Y G U Y S H O W. Um, I bullshit on there. I also do Twitch streams, uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash Sci Guy streams. Uh, same thing, C Y G U Y, blah, 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 blah. And find me on Twitter at Cyrus Rodis. Uh, I shit post constantly. Notice that every social media, I just bullshit a lot. There's a lot of shitting. Leave a trail of shit everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm staking up the internet one social media platform at a time. <laughs> and, uh, yes, if you go on uh, there, uh, you can follow me for a bunch of updates for projects that I've worked on. Uh, the latest dank memes I drop on there whenever I'm just traveling. Uh, and every now and then, for the 0.01% of the time, I will actually be serious. So it's worth a follow. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time off to do this. This has been a wonderful conversation. And honestly, dude, if you ever want to come back, you are welcome anytime. Absolutely. It doesn't sound like I have a choice since uh, I can already hear the engine of the motor outside. So I'll just tell my parents I love them and uh, and I'll see you on the next podcast interview. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Take it easy, brother.